and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Saravati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss the wonderful seven-game slate on NBA DFS today. It is a seven-game slate that locks at 7 p.m., so we're calling it Lucky Sevens Day here at Coach Talk. We also have a promotion that's going to be announced at the end of the day that may also have to do with a seven. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll be announcing it on Twitter. Uh, we're at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, we'll also put a blurb of that announcement here in YouTube. And uh, if you're one of our audio podcast listeners, you can go to our website, dfscoachtalk.com, to hear what that announcement is. But it is Lucky Sevens Day, seven games, good games, and they start at 7 o'clock. So I uh, hope you're having a great day today. Shout out to my brother. Today's his birthday and uh, wishing him a, a great day. It is a beautiful sunny day here in Dallas. Got to love this when you get beautiful weather, like close to 50 degrees, 60 degrees, something like that, and sunny uh, in uh, January. It's beautiful stuff. So wherever you are in the country or in the world, uh, hello also to our, our members we have in Australia, France, Spain, Canada, uh, and other parts of the world as well. So we are going to dive into this today. It was a fun weekend, busy, man, with all the basketball, football, and golf. Uh, today we get to focus in on nothing but the NBA, which is one of my favorite days. All right, let's get started here. Game one, right off the bat, it's a good one, and it's a high, high total. How about the fact that it's the highest total by quite a bit on, excuse me, on the whole entire slate? So it's the Milwaukee Bucks at Charlotte Hornets. Milwaukee's favored by two and a half, 236, with two great implied totals, too. 119.25 for Milwaukee and 116.75 for Charlotte. Milwaukee comes in 26 and 16. The Hornets come in 21 and 19. As far as injuries, Pat Connaughton is questionable for Milwaukee. The guys that are already out, Allen, Hill, Holiday, and Lopez. So a little bit of shuffling there. And Charlotte basically remains untouched, just carry out. So very interesting here. Um, statistically speaking, we've got Milwaukee, the 11th best pace, and Charlotte second. So that's fantastic. Milwaukee's 12th defensively, so they've slipped just a little bit, uh, but still above normal. And Charlotte, we know, does not defend well. Uh, they were last for quite a while, but they are 27th now. So as you would expect, we've got big names that can put up big points. We have a really good pace. We have subpar defense. All of the wonderful uh, things that come together to make it a DFS stackable game. And, you know, with seven games on the slate, you don't want to get too crazy, but certainly have to have some decent exposure here. Uh, Giannis uh, at 12K is a consideration. Uh, he hasn't blown the roof off uh, the place every game like he used to, but he does pretty consistently. And if this game stays close, you can certainly expect that again. So he has to be pretty much the, the number one payup option on the slate. Milwaukee's only favored by two and a half, so that really makes you uh, interested in Giannis. 
As far as other than that, uh, Middleton's price is up now at 8.4. I liked him when he was in the sevens. It's a little much, but he has been tough. Um, after after that, Nawara at 5K can be hit or miss. Bobby Portis is 6.8, so he's come down a little bit. Certainly in play, though. He's been fantastic uh, in since he started, really, since Lopez went down. So a lot of options there off the bench. It's really a mishmash, so not not looking there. Just the main guys, really Giannis, Noir, and Portis are the three that I'm uh, honing in on. Uh, on the Hornets side, you got a lot of options here. Lamelo Ball at nine three. We know that you know his ceiling is extremely high. Terry Rozier, who can be inconsistent, but when he pops, man, he can make a difference. At seven one, very fair price for him. Fair price for Hayward at 6-3, and fair price for Miles Bridges at 7-4. I think all those guys in strong uh, contention. Um, Kelly Oubre, 5-6, you know, we know what he's done in the past. The question is, can he get the minutes and the run uh, that he needs, you know, really to get to that number, which at 5-6 is not bad. He, I think he almost uh, clicked to 8K at one point when he had – those stretch of games where he started and just broke the slate. So still looking at him uh, after that really don't have to go that deep. There's a lot of options and a lot of value on this slate. All right. Game two, we go to also seven o'clock game. It's the Utah jazz and the Detroit Pistons, Utah, as it seems to be a lot is a double digit favorite. They're a 12 point favorite. The totals two twenty three and a half. 117.75 for Utah, 105.75 for the Detroit Pistons. Utah comes in 28 and 12. Detroit is 8 and 30. Um, as far as the guys that are out, we've got all of those answers so far. For Utah, it's Fitz, Gay, Gobert remains out. Hughes, who we had that one nice game with anyway, and uh, Ingles still out. So definitely a little bit of changes made there. Detroit, they have Bowl Bowl now. They just traded for him uh, the other day. Uh, they So we'll see uh, if he gets into the game. He is probable. I wouldn't recommend going there on any format. Uh, Grant, Jackson, Livers, and Olenek remain out for Detroit. Um, as far as uh, statistically speaking, we, could, we look at Utah here with the 12th pace and Detroit 10th. So you, you've got two above average uh, pace-wise. Again, that 223 and a half is not a bad number. Defensively, Utah slipped out of the top 10. They're 11th. Detroit is down at 21. It is the first night of a back-to-back -back for Detroit. Uh, so they're the only team on the first night of a back-to-back -back tonight. Does that affect this young team? I mean, possibly, because they do have Joseph, Lyles, Lee, Jackson, Garza, those guys all have gotten minutes. They're all coming off the bench. So looking at the at the Detroit side, since we're there now, Killian Hayes remains a decent value at 3-9, but very unpredictable, more of a GPP shot. Then you've got your main three guys, and the price has come down a little bit on all of them, actually. Uh, Kate Cunningham, 7-7, Diallo, 6-6, and Bay, 7-flat. So Two of those three guys may be in play here. Uh, I don't think the Jazz are the defensive team that they 
usually are without Gobert in there. Gobert makes everything work, obviously. You know, multiple defensive player of the year, protects the paint, and you've seen their their ranking for Utah go down. They were seventh, sixth or seventh, I believe, when uh, Gobert started missing some games here. And it's small, small time frame. They've already dropped uh, to uh, 11th. So uh, that's that's one reason why these Detroit guys, I think, are in play. Uh, the, the only question is, does Utah smack them? Because it is a 12-point spread. So I'm, I'm not looking for a blowout here. Uh, so it's not really scaring me in that sense. You can always pay up on the other side for Donovan Mitchell at 9-4, especially if you go with a couple of Detroit guys. And uh, Conley at 5-9 can get there. Um, Bogdanovich had that one break-the-game slate. He's 6K now. Uh, you know, it's always a bit of a risk with him. And then Hassan Whiteside at 5-2, very cheap. Uh, is he going to get the big minutes? He certainly hasn't been getting dominant minutes and dominant uh, dominant DFS points like he once did. So not sure if what the reason for that is, but you know he's stung a lot of people, uh, and taking up that center spot is is a big deal. So definitely interested though. At, you know at five two, if he's going to get, if he could just guarantee. Uh, that I got 25 to 30 minutes from him, I'd, I'd plug him in. But it just seems like they've been very cautious with him and have uh, rotated guys out with Pascal and Azubuki and guys like that. So um, looking more on the Detroit side here, believe it or not, with a possible payout to Mitchell if it is affordable. I like that game, though. Key game for me. I mean, I'm going to have, as the other day I had all the late games, uh, today, it looks like I'm going to be more on the early games. All right, the third game is 7.30 tilt between the Indiana Pacers and Boston Celtics. You've got Boston minus 7, 215.5 total, 104.25 for the Pacers, and 111.25 for the Boston Celtics. Indiana comes in at a very disappointing 15-25. and 25. They're still discussing blowing it up. And Boston is 19 and 21. They weren't expecting to be below 500 either. Indiana has three key, uh, guys, two of them extremely key, probable. So it's Batazzi probable. It looks like finally we're going to get Brogdon back. And Lavert is also probable. So that makes a huge difference for sure. Um, we've also got questionable tags on Craig and Jackson. And then the guys that are out. Anderson, McConnell, and Warren. For Boston, you've got probable for Broderick Thomas and out for Peyton Pritchard. So Boston's still rolling pretty healthy right now. Um, as far as statistically speaking on this game, we've got uh, Indiana 24th in pace and Boston 25th. That is not a DFS pleasantry right there and definitely uh, gives you a little bit a pause of rostering guys here. Also, Indiana's D not great at 22, but Boston is a top five defense now as they have slid into fifth. So not a targetable game for a couple of reasons. The pace, Boston's good defense, and the fact that you've got a lot of overpriced guys. Um, you know, we need to see the Indiana news. That's going to be crucial because if Brogdon's back, and Levert's back, 
and then you've got an expensive Sabonis and Turner, it almost eliminates that group for me. And that gives you a really deep bench as well with Sykes, Washington, Stevenson, Duarte, Brissett, Lamb. I mean, they're going to go from a, a short-handed team to a probably 10-11 deep uh, team, and the pricing hasn't adjusted yet. Boston, you know, you're the same position. Jalen Brown, 9-2, and Tatum, 10K. Uh, do you want to pay up for one of those guys? Uh, certainly not both. I mean, it's it's doable. They're both guys that can break a slate, but I just don't see it in this type of a pace game, spending that kind of money. And then you've got the mid-price guys <clears throat> that are tempting. Smart at 6-2, Horford at 5-8, and Williams at 7-2. But uh, this could be a full pass for me. I just don't like the combination of things that, that make up this game. But a one-off would, would make perfect sense. And we do need confirmation on that Indiana lineup. That is very important. All right. We have another 730 game. So there's two of them. The other one is the San Antonio Spurs and the New York Knicks. Knicks are favored by six and a half, only a 214 total. 103.75 for the Spurs, 110.25 for the New York Knicks. San Antonio comes in 15 and 24, the Knicks 19 and 21. Um, interesting, we've got uh, McDermott questionable for the Spurs, and then we have a bunch of guys out. Collins, Johnson, Jones, Vassell, White, and Young. So they've got a, a decent group out. For the Knicks, we've got important questionable tags on three guys. Fournier, Noel, and Walker. So that's going to be imperative news that we need before we fill this out. Archidiacono and Rose are out. So very interesting here. Um, you know, the other things statistically wise, you've got the Spurs playing fast. They're playing fourth fastest pace in the league, but their counterpart, the Knicks, dead last, the slowest team in the league. So certainly major pace down uh, for the Spurs and whoever's playing the Knicks, it's always a pace up. But to go uh, for the Knicks from 30th, you know, their pace to a fourth from the Spurs, that will, you know, get a little interest in the Knicks, especially if we know who's in and who's out. Defensively, uh, below average Spurs 19, Knicks 15. So we've got, <coughs> excuse me, big sneeze. <coughs> double Luxonese. So that means double pass on the Spurs and Knicks, I think, is what I'm trying to say uh, from the sneeze department. Um, looking at these teams, you know, you've got Murray now below 10K, which is a good thing. He's 9-7. Primo been getting decent run, 3-6, but not showing really uh, terrific uh, improvement. Walker, if he's starting at 4-2, could be a great play. Bates Giop, not bad at 3.8. He can sneak in there, but nothing great. So, again, we need that news. There is value there uh, with those guys. And Pirtle is always a possibility at 6.1 uh, with his rebounding prowess. On the Knicks side, again, you know, we don't know what the guard rotation is. You know, if Kemba's in at 6.5, he's a good play. Fournier at 4.8, quickly at 4.9, or Burks at 5.6. You know, who's in, who's out, who's starting? That's the key there because any of those guys at those prices are decent numbers and can really do a good job for you. 
RJ Barrett seems to have turned up his game recently. He's at 6'4. Julius at 9'1, been very uh, inconsistent, but you never know when he's going to throw a good game on the board. Uh, really not interested in, in the rotation of uh, Robinson, Noel, and Gibson at center. So not, not a game I'm going to have a lot of exposure to, but depending on the news, I could utilize this game to really puff up the value plays with some of these Spurs or Knicks guards. There's good value on both sides. All right, we move to the 8 o'clock spot. There's an eight, one 8 o'clock game, then we have a two-hour window, and then two 10 o'clock games. So uh, there may be, for the members listening in, we may throw a two-game after-hour slate on the board. So we'll see. Have Comment in Discord. Let me know if you guys would like a, and gals, would like a two-game uh, late after-hour slate. All right, the eight o'clock, second eight o'clock game, or I should say the only eight o'clock game, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Houston Rockets. Philly minus 10 and a half, 227 total, 118.75 for Philly, 108.25 uh, for the Houston Rockets. Philadelphia comes in at 22 and 16, Houston at 11 and 30. Guys out for Philly. Maxi, Milton, Reed, Simmons, and Springer. For Houston, you've got probable tags on Brooks and Garuba, questionable tag on Queen, and then the two guys out are Zhengun and Wall. So interesting game here. Not, not sure which direction this could go. I mean, I can see Philly smacking them, but, uh, you know, it's, that's been inconsistent, especially on the road. Pace-wise, Phillies play slow. They're 27th. They're going to dribble the ball, get it to Embiid or Harris, and they don't play fast. But they're going to be pushed to play faster because Houston's number one in pace, which makes me more interested in the Philly side. The other part about the magic of playing the Houston Rockets and the wonderment of it all is they're the number one pace and dead last 30th defense. So how does that not just bring the other team into play? Like you have to have some exposure. I mean, I don't know how you get away from it. Philly's only 16th. So they're actually just below average defensively, which is surprising to me, considering they were a top three defense a lot of last year. So Philadelphia, where are we going to go there? You've got a lot of possibilities here. Seth Curry at 6'6 is a fine response, you know, a uh, fine play with his responsibility of, of playmaking as well as scoring, you know, with their uh, guards out in Maxie and Milton. So, you know, Curry's definite consideration. I think Cork Maz at 4-9 is definitely a, a, a consideration. Uh, Tobias Harris is 8 and Joel Embiid is 11. So Embiid is certainly, you know, uh, an option. If you're going to pay up, uh, if you're not wanting to pay up for Giannis, I think maybe the next best pay up spot is Joel Embiid. Um, after that, you've got a lot of bench guys, not a lot of minutes really with their thinness at guard. So definitely going to have some exposure there. One or two guys from the Philly side, not sure on the Houston side though. I've tried to mess with Porter or green. They're six, two and five, one at guard, but you just always seem to get just an average performance, uh, sometimes below average. There's just not a lot of consistency there. Uh, two younger guys, you know, and then Eric Gordon has not 
played where he did early on. So not interested there. I never seem to get to Jay Sean Tate or Garrison Matthews or KJ Martin or David Nwaba, all the guys that people were clicking in there. Uh, just too much uncertainty and too much of a rotation of minutes. The guy that you can consider is Christian Wood. He's 7K, and uh, that is a great price. It, that is cheap for Christian Wood. Uh, you know, Embiid's a great defender, but Wood has the range. You know, he can shoot the long threes. He's more of a four than a five, in my opinion. So I don't know how well he'll do inside. Embiid could dominate that area. But if Wood, you know, steps it up and is hitting his outside shots, at that 7K number, could be a fine play. All right, let's go to these last two games. Before we do, just real quickly want to mention, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, give us a quick comment. That combination of three things really helps us move up the algorithm on YouTube. And we bring these NBA podcasts to you seven days a week, uh, seven days a week in front of the paywall. So the big ask we have is you support us on YouTube and our audio podcast landing spots and on Twitter. So if, again, thumbs up, subscribe, hit, give us a quick comment. Also, while you're at it, hit the alert bell there in the upper corner. That'll let you know every time one of our podcast premieres and is posting. Uh, also, if you're on our audio podcasts, anywhere they can be found, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart Stitcher, we're there. Uh, quick five star and a quick review. You'll be put in a drawing uh, for a free one week all access membership uh, to Coach Talk. We do that at the end of every month. Um, and that's it. We just really appreciate everybody listening in. Uh, check us out on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. All right, the after hours, two-game night slate. Brooklyn Nets, Portland Trailblazers. Brooklyn favored by 10.5 with a beat-up Portland team, even though they're on the road, they're a double-digit favorite. A big, fat 120.25 implied for Brooklyn. That's a good number. 109.75 uh, for the Portland Trailblazers. Brooklyn comes in 25 and 13. Portland has dipped to 15 and 24. Not sure what's going on there. Uh, looks like we're going to be without Lillard for a while too. So not good stuff. As far as Brooklyn, Aldridge questionable. That's important news on Clacks in front. And then Joe Harris still out. He's been out quite some time. So not bad, Brooklyn. That's it. The four people out for Portland, uh, small little bit important since they're four starters, Lillard, McCollum, Nance, and Powell. So that has really changed the entire look of everything uh, in Portland. Brooklyn is seventh in pace, Portland 18th. So combining for somewhat in the middle of the road, Brooklyn, a solid defensive team at sixth, certainly can take advantage of a poor, poor uh, defense from Portland at 29th. So second worst. Only Houston is worse defensively. So how do we break this game down? Um, you know, the question is, like it used to be for LeBron and AD, we're pretty much down to the fact of it hardened Durant. But here's the twist. Now we have Kyrie Irving playing in these road games, and it makes a big difference. 
it puts you really in a tough spot because you've got Harden at 10-5, Kevin Durant 10-6, and Kyrie is 8-8. So are they sharing the ball? Is it going to be a usage leak all the way around? I think it is. I really do. I think Irving could play 30 minutes in this game. I haven't seen Nash say that, but he said he could play decent minutes in his first game out. So you would think that would even increase a little bit, you know, where he could go from upper 20s to, to 30s, you know, somewhere in there and low 30s. So really all that does for me is make it very difficult to pay up for any of these guys. I mean, certainly any of them could break the slate, specifically Harden and Durant. But, uh, man, I, I don't know how you make that distinction. You can look at the defense on the other side. You know, it's somewhat negligible as far as pushing one guy or the other. I mean, if some teams really defend or have a scheme that's going to defend a specific position, uh, then it's, you know, it can sway you one way or the other. Uh, but in this scenario, it's it's pretty darn close. So it doesn't, nothing steps out statistically or analytically or through the cruncher that would say Harden, Irving, or Durant are by far the better play of the three. So more than likely, I know it's it's dangerous, and I will have one in just the after-hour slate, but for the main slate, I may not have any of the three. Um, I do think this this game could blow out if you know Portland is not a very good team. That with a combination of having to overpay, and you really, I mean, you can't take a chance of paying 10-5, 10-6 and have a guy give you 30 fantasy points. It just, it buries you. So I think you just have to, you know, suck it up here. If Aldridge sits, I don't mind Nicholas Claxton. He's only 5K, and I think he'd play a good role there for sure. Not going David Duke ever again. I, I threw him in a GPP. I don't know. I must have been drinking at the time. But David Duke is not that good, and he never sees the ball. So I'm not wasting my time there. I probably just uh, – that probably means he's going to get 20 real points tonight and break out. But that's okay. I'll, I'll live without David Duke on my roster tonight. All right. On the other side of the ball, it's it's different story completely. You've got Anthony Simons, who's a great play. I mean, he's 6'4", which is very fair. He's doing, like, most of the ball handling, playmaking, and he's also scoring. So he's highly in play. Ben McElmore, 3'3". He's really stepped up, but his price hasn't gone up. He might be a good play if he gets a long enough run. Nazir Little, same thing, 5K. They're not raising his price at all. Uh, and if you're, you know, want a GPP, it may be a 4-9 Covington. And uh, Nurkic at 7K, not a bad play either. Uh, the Portland guys remain low priced here, uh, but they are going against a, a good defensive team uh, from Brooklyn. But Brooklyn plays a lot faster. So, uh, you know, I, I'd like to have exposure on the Portland side for sure. I think Simons, Macklemore, Little. Uh, being the top three options because they're so dirt cheap. All right, last game, 10 o'clocker. It is a second night of a back-to-back -back for both of these teams. They both played last night. They're playing again tonight. Cleveland Cavaliers, Sacramento Kings. So who does it affect more on the back-to-back? -back? Both teams pretty young for the most part, so not a whole lot of guys should be affected much by it. So that's what we need to see here. 
Um, Cleveland is favored by five and a half. It's a 219 and a half total. 112 and a half for Cleveland, 107 for Sacramento. Cleveland comes in 22 and 18. The Kings come in 16 and 26. Very little news here in this one. Okoro out for Cleveland. Holmes, which is huge news, is probable for Sacramento. So that changes some things in the mix at the, in the bigs for Sacramento. Mo Harkless is questionable, so he'd probably get some rotation minutes. And then Derek Jones Jr. is the guy that is out. So, or I'm sorry, Damian Jones is out. So we probably regain Holmes and Jones is the guy that is out. Um, as far as statistically speaking here, Cleveland 21st in pace, Sacramento 8th. Defensively, Cleveland a top 3D still. They're number three, so that's puts the clamps on a little bit of Sacramento's plans. Sacramento, on the other hand, 25th. Uh, so definitely a spark for some of the Cavaliers. The back-to-back -back scenario, uh, we'll see how that affects people. Garland is 8-9. Young player, you know, hasn't been extremely healthy, though, so he may lose a couple of minutes on the back-to-back. -back. Uh, if the game stays close, though, I still think he's a really good play at 8-9. He could be uh, a big scorer in this game. After that, Markkanen, 5-8. Uh, hasn't been ex extremely uh, explosive as of late, but can get hot from three. Then you have the two bigs, uh, Mobley at 7-3 and Jared Allen at 7-9. It doesn't help that Rashawn Holmes is coming back more than likely tonight. Uh, that will help the interior defense. But really, 7-3 and 7-9 is not bad for two guys You know that can throw a 50-burger on the board uh, on any given slate. Um, the bench, a little shaky with uh, Love at 7-2, a little high. Osman, Rondo is going to be the question. How much is Rajon Rondo going to play uh, his first full tilt game with Cleveland? He's only 3-3. If he gets 25-plus minutes, he could be a great steal at 3-3. Uh, but that's the question. Is he going to get that those minutes? You know, I'm thinking he may fall into that Rubio role. Uh, not quite to that extent, but Rubio was the first guard off the bench. Uh, he played 28 minutes, 30 minutes. I think they want Rondo to get to that point. I don't know if he gets there right off the bat here, but I'm going to continue to look at the beat writer and coach speak news because he could be a key component, especially for that late night slate. Um, so we'll be following that throughout the, the uh, day and evening in our discord. Um, for the Sacramento Kings, De'Aaron Fox at 7-6, always a potential. Halliburton's now 6-9, which I think is fair. Uh, he's also uh, has the potential to go off. Uh, Harrison Barnes, 5-4, hasn't been quite the same player uh, since returning from either an injury or COVID. Bagley at 4-7 is okay, but uh, he's going to lose a little impact in the paint. Uh, with Rashawn Holmes back. I don't know if Holmes will be on a minutes restriction. I'm not going to go there. I'd assume they're not going to blow him right out with minutes right off the bat. Uh, and really off the bench, they had talked about if Fox wasn't able to go yesterday, which he did, they were going to start Davian Mitchell at point. So at 3-2, another cheap guard option that it sounds like they're wanting to get into 
more minutes uh, as the season goes on here. All right, my friends, that is it. A concise seven-game slate that start locks at 7 p.m. Eastern. We will be with you all day covering the NBA news and COVID ins, COVID outs, all the other crazy stuff that's been happening in the, in the league. And uh, we're going to be on top of it. We love this action because the more craziness, the more changes, the better edge that it gives us. So we'd love to have you join us, dfscoachtalk.com. You can join for as little as three days for 10 bucks. Great time to jump in with golf and the, the Hawaii swing going, uh, NFL playoffs starting, and then, of course, all this wonderful NBA action. All right. We appreciate you. We hope you have a great Monday, a great week, and uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, and actually, Andrew will be back tomorrow for the NBA podcast, and then I'll return on Wednesday. So uh, appreciate you. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the week. And uh, I'll see you Wednesday. And Andrew will be back tomorrow when he looks to crush it in NBA DFS.